Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. And this is episode 180, I think. If my... <laughs> I guess we're a little discombobulated with the episodes, but I think this is 180. And this should come out right after Thanksgiving. Um, Perfect. So on this episode... We have a special guest, and um, our guest is a um, a chef who's, I guess you could say, taking the culinary world by storm uh, in her own unique way, according to her bio on her website. She's a Vancouver native and a professional cook who started off in the corporate world, but soon realized that her true calling was in the kitchen and not the boardroom. And in 2016, she decided to try something really different. She blended her love for food with her passion for books, most specifically her passion for the Outlander series of books by Diana Gabaldon. Uh, using her creative genius, she created the Outlander Kitchen Cookbook, which brings the world of the Outlander series to life through amazing recipes. Then in 2022, she had another brainstorm, a cookbook called Castle Rock Kitchen, Wicked Good Recipes from the World of Stephen King, which is packed with a bunch of recipes, a mix of delicious and a little spooky and all inspired by Stephen King's stories set in Maine. Uh, even Stephen King himself wrote the foreword, which is pretty awesome. awesome. And now she's working on a cookbook based on all our favorite series, which should be out in 2025. So everyone, please welcome Teresa Carl Sanders. Yay. Thank you so Yay. much. That's great, great to be here. So um, I guess we start out by, tell us why, what what was the, you know, um, evolution of this whole idea of doing cookbooks based on book series? The whole food from fiction um, yeah. idea was born. Um, in the woods, actually, I was walking in the woods with the dog and um, I thought of a really sort of sumptuous recipe for sausage rolls that comes from Outlander, the third book in Outlander, Voyager. And by the time I was home from that walk, I had the recipe half written in my head and an email to Diana Gabaldon sort of composed in my head as well. And I fired that right off and um, to her publicist and Diana got back to me herself the next day. And said, wow, what a weird idea. Why did you go ahead? That's a really weird idea. She gets a lot of people with really weird ideas that right. tie into Outlander. So I was one of the first ones. Um, <laughs> and that was in 2010. And I had a blog for about three years. And then uh -huh. Outlander went to a TV series. Uh -huh. And that's when the publishers got really excited because there were enough fans at that point, millions of fans with the TV series to write a book. So we wrote um, the first book in 2016. And then we did another one that I think came out in 2020 and it's Outlander Kitchen 2. Oh, so, OK. Yeah. So oh. they those recipes now have covered every book that Diana's written in that Outlander series. Mm -hmm. And there's probably, I don't know, there's 10 and then there's a several short stories as well. And then after that, it was on to Stephen King. Um, uh -huh. And Stephen King was really generous. Diana wrote the forwards for her cookbook. Stephen wrote the, the forward for Outlander or for Castle Rock Kitchen. Um, and I got to talk to him on the phone for about a half an hour. Really wow. an amazing guy. <laughs> He's a really cool. amazing guy. Wow. He told me yeah. stories of his mom and his grandma and what they used to make. 
oh, and what they used to that's say. Nice. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, and cool. then after that, I was looking for a new project and I've read in depth, um, before, I think I was reading them sort of in 2012, 2013. Okay. And so I went back to them and I read them all again, just to confirm my suspicions that there was indeed enough food in those books to write a book. <laughs> and yeah, there is, there's it. tons and tons and tons of food. Yeah. Um, that's really great. And it's got lots of great expert excerpts because Eve is just so hysterical like she, i just find eve so much fun to be with that yeah. i could be with her all the time yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's very, that, yeah. Very, she and i have a very similar sense of humor and are, we're both a bit, little bit crusty so um i like to think we get along at least in my head <clears throat> i love that great so yeah i mean the outlander series cookbooks that that had to have been interesting because uh just because of how just because the whole storyline. So you're doing um, recipes from, you know, the medieval times almost. 18th century Scotland. Right. And And I think up until you don't have to have much imagination to realize it's really not very good. Right. Like it's mostly oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And um, the the Laird's house has all the meat, but we don't really go into in Outlander just how little, the poor people are are eating but they're but they're eating a lot of oats and a lot of nettles and a lot of cabbage and so there's a lot of fictional creativity in those outlander kitchen books to bring the recipes either forward in time because it's Uh a time travel story so it's really easy to do that i can just bring them in the 21st century we tried to make it authentic i tried to make it authentic at the beginning and my husband and i ate a lot of really flavorless textureless <laughs> meals oh, no. uh, early on and then yes. that's when we decided when i decided it, it would just be fun and it's fun to eat with jamie as long as you're not really eating with jamie because if you're really eating with jamie you'd be starving most of the time to be honest right. yeah yeah <laughs> but there's also i would imagine more um more uh, modern uh dishes too yeah. because it, yeah. it and does then she, span yeah, of course because we go back and forth in time so there's lots mm-hmm. of there's any meatballs there's all sorts of things like that yeah right okay um wow. yeah you're right so in my in my experience and i am not a cook but i cook things um <laughs> and uh, same that's me right yeah. uh, and <laughs> I did. I I have kind of like experimented with Irish food just because of this series, you know. Um, but uh, like for example, I do um, a Dublin coddle, but the traditional way you do that is just taking a bunch of stuff and throwing it in a pot of water and boiling it, yes, until it's yep. dead, <laughs> and then eating it. And it's like that is not appealing to me. <laughs> no. no, no, and I and I mean Irish food is simply just not like that anymore, nor is Scottish food, right? I mean, it's some of the, I'll be honest, Scotland has some of the nicest restaurants I've ever eaten in. Um, so lots of, yeah, I mean, I have lots of historical cookbooks on the back of, on, on my shelf, and it's really, really funny to read. Cookbooks are very vague in that time period, so there's no real measurements. It's really just a method, mm-hmm. and it often starts with procure yourself a sheep's head, and scrape right. the, scrape the hairs from its nostrils with right. a spoon. <laughs> and <laughs> and oh so I sometimes some people really want a, a, an authentic experience, and you can certainly find those recipes in Outlander Kitchen. You can find auth- authentic older recipes, mm-hmm. but um, 
you know, some of them you just like pow Saudi is the one I just described that starts with a sheep's head. And it involves boiling a sheep's head for hours and hours and hours, along with all the vegetables eventually, too. So it's just a big boiled mess. And nobody wants to eat yeah. that over and over and over. Sounds terrible. You know, creativity or, or is fun. Or The other thing I do sometimes when I'm running short of sort of nice sounding recipes is I start building recipes off character descriptions. So Diane is mm-hmm. really good for that because she did, but, but, uh, Nora's really great for that too. So she quite often describes, like she describes Rourke within the first few pages of meeting him as mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember it now, but it's a something like it's warm whiskey and cream. So now we've got a, that results in a cocktail called the Rourke. Oh, right. Ooh. So, and so it doesn't really exist on the pages, but right. I, I can glean information from the pages. And then that makes it a bit more fun, too, because everybody's got a, a favorite character generally. And, you know, Mavis is making screamers and, mm-hmm. and Peabody's <laughs> drinking awesome orgasms. They uh, Unfortunately, in this book, they all seem to be cocktails, but that's OK. That's OK. Well, except <laughs> for, you know, Pepsi. <laughs> yes. Pepsi and coffee. Pe- Pepsi and coffee. coffee. Yeah. I've been playing with an iced coffee for Eve, but we'll see if that, mm-hmm. if that, we'll see if I, yes, I'm not quite and sure she'd drink it. So I'm not quite sure. You said you had all of the recipes already. I have all, but uh, so there's going to be somewhere between 75 and 85 recipes. Wow. And I've got, um, I would say 77 of them written. Okay. So okay. right now it's the, the recipes are being tested. I have, okay. Um, 12 amazing testers all over North America that I gathered for Outlander and they've done all the cookbooks since Outlander Kitchen for me. Um, and they test them all and make sure that my method sounds good. What I'm saying is makes sense and that all the ingredients that I call for are actually listed in the in the ingredient list. Okay. Nice. Because so cool. I feel like uh, some kind of um, Pepsi barbecue sauce would be in order. Oh, that would be good. Oh, for this. Yum. That that's good. Dr. Pepper uh, barbecue bar- sauce, but, barbecue sauce which, is delicious. Is, which was delicious. <laughs> but I feel like the Pepsi would also make a, a good there, the sauce. Pepsi. The Pepsi. I have this famous spreadsheet that my agent always makes fun of that where all the recipes and all the books sit and I can play with it and move it around and things like that. Um, and I've got oh, Pepsi in the on the bottom of it, but I don't know what to do with it. So I'm going to take your little whisper in my ear and we'll see what happens. Well, there's lots of grilled meats, right? There's lots yeah. of grilled meats yeah. that I can pull from and then use a Pepsi barbecue sauce. So that's right. a very good idea. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And that's it also enough. ties in with Rourke having so much trouble with the barbecue, but finally. <laughs> <laughs> there's, some, there's some great excerpts of him with the barbecue having trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Yeah. So, um, so I would imagine that your approach to a cookbook is way different when you're doing something like Outlander and then you're doing something kind of more futuristic like yeah. in death. So what was the yeah. difference between the biggest difference or the differences between Outlander and the in death cookbook so far? Um, I would say that um, there's lots of really great. The funny thing about in death is when she started writing it, it was the nineties, right? Is mm-hmm. that right? So there's lots of 90s sounding food in the early ones that you kind of have to imagine in taking it up into the into futuristic. So that's been quite fun. Taking things um, 
and making them futuristic rather than taking old recipes and making them present day has been really, really fun. Like chicken and dumplings is one. There's a couple, there's always three or four recipes that cause an amazing amount of trouble for me, no matter how easy they sound. Like blueberry danishes, McNabb's blueberry danish. I think I was on my fifth variation of it yesterday and I finally came up with trying to make it easy so you don't have to right. make 12 hours worth of laminated pastry dough, right? Because <laughs> right. so, I don't think Eve would do that and I don't think no. a lot of people that read Eve are interested in doing that. So, you know, frozen puff pastry, that kind of stuff. Um, and the other one that's caused me a lot of trouble is chicken and dumplings. And I don't, because to be honest, I don't like dumplings. They're not something I choose to eat because my mm -hmm. mother made horrible dumplings. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Rest her soul. Um, and, um, so I turned it the other day into a Thai curry. Um, oh, okay. And I put, um, I formed sticky rice, Japanese sticky rice into dumplings and then fried them and then put them in the stew. And it's not your chicken and it's not your mother, mother's chicken and dumplings, but it's chicken and dumplings ready in about 30 minutes. And it's really, really oh, delicious. And it's just that sounds you. good. Yeah, yeah it's really, really good. good. It, um, I, I, I try and post a lot of the pictures as I'm doing them, but that one I couldn't get the picture to look right. So no. um, we'll have to wait until the professional photographer comes along. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Do, do you do you read the books? Do you ever listen to the books? I did. That's how I started listening. That's oh, okay. how I started. Um, and I, love, I, I don't know who the narrator is. I can't remember her name, but she's Susan just, amazing. she's amazing. And I loved her so much. And I kind of was sorry to have to leave listening behind um, uh, because I read on a Kindle and I just highlight every mention of food as I go. Right. right. Yeah. And I'll miss them if I'm listening. Yeah. So, but I could definitely in this next, I'm, I'm reading them all again. Um, just so I can start to write the head notes for the recipes. And that's where I bring some of the book into each recipe. Mm -hmm. um, so I may start, I can listen while I'm shoveling. It's it's almost snow season. So I could listen yeah. to the book while I'm shoveling. <laughs> There's no, because I'll be shoveling a lot of snow this year, I think. Yeah. Um, so um, the narrator is Susan Erickson. And okay. she's been a guest on our show a couple of times. She's a, a friend of the show. And oh. so, um, and also... When when the first time she was a guest on the show, we asked her a question about what 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 is her unusual collection? What unusual collection does she have? And apparently, okay. she collects um, uh, food magazines. She has a huge oh collection God. of food magazines. <laughs> wow! And she cooks from them. Firestar. Um, um, yeah. yeah. And so um, so I asked her. I sent her a message and asked her, like, you know, what do you feel like? has to be in this book if you if you oh, put excellent. something in the book you know what yeah. would have and her answer is um just as you would expect it to be um she said it has Dang to it. be pizza which i think you've already worked on yeah we've and, got Columbia's pizza yep right and um spaghetti and meatballs and spaghetti and meatballs absolutely <clears throat> since that is eve's favorite dish yes absolutely so did you so you did one for outlander I've done one for Stephen King too. Stephen King, I so, can't escape spaghetti and meatballs. Nor can I escape pizza. So I've written them all, but this one is yeah. a real New York pie, right? Okay. 
So I did a deep dive on YouTube and I watched all the guys that have done all the science behind figuring out why a New York pizza slice tastes the way it does. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of made it as easy as I could to do that. And it's actually a pretty good pizza. I'm pretty happy with it. And spaghetti and meatballs are really good too. I'm very happy with that recipe. And then there's actually, there's a whole pizza and pasta um, chapter. (laughs) because oh, okay. there's so much there's so there's much so pasta much. in yeah. there that you can't avoid <laughs> yeah yeah they, and they, it's also, a lot of pasta she does and it's also a really great way to bring vegetarian recipes into the cookbook when yeah. right because there's a lot of meat eaters and i always get like uh, outlander fan vegan outlander fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> want to eat 18th century scottish food and i'm like okay let's figure out how to make lentil sausage rolls then so <laughs> you know there's lots right. of and it's and pizza and pasta particularly is easy to make vegetarian most of the yeah. time. So. Yeah. Well, and the thing with the in death series, since you read it, you know, you know, I mean, they're the world that they're in now. They've had a, a world war. <laughs> but also, um, as she writes it, a lot of the natural resources have been depleted, like the rainforest and things like that. So they're making a lot of things out of soy. Yes. And that so kind I- of thing. Soy burgers. So we've got soy burgers. Okay. Uh, which are made from a black soybean. See, that sounds way tastier than what I imagined when they're on the Oh, they would, like be, ter- the they would be truly terrible. They would be truly terrible. Like, yeah. Um, I made a tasty version. Yeah. And it just looks it just looks like a black bean burger, to be honest, because right, I couldn't get white like, white soybeans are hard to get. So black soybeans are easier to get. Um, and then soy fries. Soy fries is the other one. I've always wondered, like, that's weird. So anyway, there's a very, there's a French technique that takes um, chickpeas and turns them into kind of like, like kind of if, like if you made polenta, right? Mm -hmm. And then let it chill and then you can cut it up into fries and you can actually deep fry them. So you get polenta fries. I made this, um, it's called panisse and it's an ancient sort of Mediterranean, French Mediterranean recipe using chickpeas or garbanzo beans. And it's exactly the same. You pour it into a pan, let it chill, and then you cut it up and you've, you can air fry them if you have an air fryer or you can deep fry them. And they're creamy on the inside and crispy on the outside. They're really, truly delicious. Huh. Way better than any soy fry bought from a glider cart, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. So, um... It, it, so where's when you went back and started looking at all the things they've eaten on, you know, in the in death world, what what is the one thing that you really wanted that you saw that you were like never made it or really wanted to tackle for this book? Like the one um, one of the ones that I really liked the sound of was actually it's in the last book, Payback, uh-huh. and it is Honey caramelized honey crusted sea bass with that a sound sounded really good <laughs> sound yeah. Yeah. yeah i've tried it this, i'm gonna we're having it for dinner tonight um <laughs> yes. love it uh and because my honey was too caramelized last time and it got too too thick so i couldn't even spread it on top of the sea bass um and it's got some habanero in it too so it's quite spicy and mm-hmm. that's a really nice modern dish i i sort of imagine nora having that in a restaurant somewhere yeah, and yeah. then 
writing it into the book. Because there's a couple of other recipes like that. Like if I look them up online, they seem to come from a region very close to where Nora lives. Yeah. And and the recipe, the recipe is right off a menu of a restaurant. Um, and it's just something she really, you know, it, it, who do, how do you get ideas to write all those books? God, she must be looking for ideas all the time, just right. grabbing yeah. things as, as she sees them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm really excited about that one. The other one um, I find that I'm uh, that I really, really like is a really odd one. It's just it's just asparagus and it's it's um, but I've crusted it with a bit of honey as well, honey and lemon, and then top uh -huh. them with pistachios and stick it in the oven. And it's really, really easy. But one of those side dishes that, you know, you pull out at Thanksgiving or Christmas for a new kind of dish for everybody and everybody um, right, raves over it. The testers have really loved it. And it's really easy. So it takes 10 minutes, which is, nice. I think, right. that's what we're trying. That's, that's the other thing. That's another difference between Outlander and this book is Outlander is about, you know, you can imagine staying in the kitchen for six or seven hours at a time and cooking a, um, a meal that Mrs. Bug maybe would have made. Whereas these things are all coming out of the auto chef. Right? Right. So right. Yeah. We, we, my, my goal here has to make, is to make at least 80% of them easy and, and really accessible. And then the other 20%, maybe 10% are more involved recipes that not everybody will want to make. Um, but if you, you can always sort of get your confidence up with easier recipes from the book and then move on. Yeah. 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 T Tara, you're our non-cooker in the, uh, yeah. in the group here. I don't like, I don't like cooking. I can, I can. Um, it's just not a love. It's not, it's not, it doesn't it is bring not you a love. <laughs> it is, it is it, actually you know, it, not. It really does have to be something that you love to do. Yeah. It has to bring you joy. And, and yeah. my father Lo really loved good food. He was um, he, he was sort of sent as a very young man to London and Paris. Um, he was good with numbers. And he came back with this love of food and wine. And so I am the youngest person in my family and I'm quite a bit younger than my brother. So I spent my formative years in restaurants with my mom and dad, <laughs> learning how to behave, um, but also learning how to eat. And once... <laughs> Once everybody else was gone except me and dad, then mom kind of just, she didn't like to cook. She did it for the 20 years that she had to, and she hated every minute of it. So um, she was yeah. quite happy to either let me take over or just go out for dinner with dad and I. Yeah. <laughs> there's so, nothing wrong I, with that. Like, I no, just, there's nothing. No, no. I, I make a good sangria. <laughs> <laughs> just there you go. You're the bar. You're the mixologist instead of the cook. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. So you know, any any recipes like that are the ones that Tara will be uh, highlighting in her book when she buys it. Also, like if you said that you said that it was it was you know fairly accessible for you know about eighty percent of it. Like I haven't not cooked, you know, so. I could get adventurous one day and no promises. But. Well, there's, you know, Trina's, there's Trina's banana almond smoothie. So that you sounds don't delicious. It is actually really good. I love a smoothie. I love a smoothie. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we did mention a little bit about um, like Scottish food, Irish food. Do you have any of that in there? I mean, based there's, on your background. There, there, every, a lot of people want it a sort of an Irish, a full Irish breakfast. That's a really weird recipe to write because it's like cook sausages, cook bacon. Like it's right. not. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> so what, 
I think we'll have a picture. I think what we'll do is have a picture. But I put I picked um, the soda bread. So I picked the brown okay. bread. It's often mentioned, especially in the later books when they're having it, which is just um, it's a non yeasted bread. So, so it's soda bread. It's brown. And most Irish people, most Irish homes, at least when I was there in the 70s and 80s, um, had it on their table every day. And it's, again, fast and easy um, and makes really good toast the next day. <laughs> Love toast. And, and then there's an good. Irish. I'm working on an Irish stew. Although Rourke. And Eve, interestingly, never eat Irish stew together. So I'm having right. the excerpt for that one isn't all really all that great, but I think it's important to have an Irish stew in there. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Sinead makes one. You know, we just haven't heard about it. <laughs> Absolutely. She makes one. Yeah. Well, she would make one for sure, especially on the farm. Right. And actually, I like oh, yeah. that. It's Sinead's Irish stew sounds good together, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah, she absolutely makes an Irish stew. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What about recipes from maybe the Miras, you know, Mr. Miras hot chocolate, maybe? Or Mr. Miras hot chocolate is there. Um, And we have Charlotte snickerdoodles. Mm. Okay. I love a snickerdoodle. Wait, I love a good snickerdoodle. I love snickerdoodles. Mm. And I attempted a tea infused snickerdoodle. Oh. Um, like a herbal tea infused? Like a- yeah, well, like a, she actually, if you, I found one, one naming of the tea, the naming mm-hmm. of the tea, and it's jasmine, but she doesn't right. always drink jasmine. And jasmine is a green tea. Anyway, I tried to put jasmine <laughs> tea leaves into a snickerdoodle. Um, and yeah. it didn't work very well. So now we're, <laughs> we're with, or I think it's orange and honey. Yeah, it's orange and honey scented snickerdoodles. They, oh, that's that sounds they're good. herbal and nice, and they bring they do make you think of Charlotte when you bite into it. Um, okay. And then of course, yeah, of course, Dennis's hot chocolate because there's three or four excerpts that are just so beautiful. He's such a beautiful gentleman, um, and there's so Wait, many great little excerpts of him doing it in front of either Peabody and Eve or just Eve. So yeah. We love Dennis Mira. We do. <laughs> who doesn't? Anyone who doesn't maybe is not reading the Would right series. Would probably be a bit of a psychopath. I don't know how <laughs> right. you do yeah, not a psychopath. <laughs> exactly. Do not trust them. <laughs> and um, I feel like, it, so what about Somerset? What did, what did he inspire? Somerset has a lovely um, Spanish stew called a cuchito. I think that's how you say it. I'm not quite sure. Um, and it's one of the ones that I haven't done yet. It's still outstanding because I'm not quite sure how to tackle it. Um, I think I might make it a crop pot recipe just so it's, again, easy uh-huh. and accessible. Yeah. It, a cheeto usually has multiple meats I in it. That. So it's chicken, okay. pork, maybe a bit of duck. But we'll see. We'll see. There's already a, a couple of recipes that are have multiple things in them, like a paella. There's a Peabody right. has paella for lunch one day. Yeah. Um, and that's one of my, the testers described it as probably the most, it's really step heavy. It's a really step heavy dish. So you have to follow a lot of steps, but it's easy, but it does take some time to put it all together. And so there's only so many stews and that should be in one cookbook that that are kind of the similar method. So I think a crock pot cochito, or he apparently makes some nice lemonade. 
but I haven't figured out how to, um, I think I just gave something away there that I shouldn't. Have. Anyway, no, um, I have okay. read, I have, we'll never I have read books that have not yet been published. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I've read two of them. Um, so there are more dishes coming. Anyway, it's not a big tip. He makes a really nice pot of lemonade, but I eat, but lemonade's pretty simple. So how can I make it Somerset's lemonade is the right. question. How can I make it his signature lemonade? Right. Yeah. Nice. I haven't yeah. answered that question yet, but it's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> There's a number of things all bouncing around in there. It's getting quite intense. I'm within the next two weeks. It, as I finish the rest of them, my head should settle down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, and I just had a, a question in my head, and it just ran away out of my head. Um. Do either of you have any? food-related questions while I think about what I was going to ask. You said, you said there's going to be around 80 recipes in this book? 75. I've got 75 right now. Some okay. of the recipes have sub-recipes, you know, like a salad dressing mm -hmm. or, okay. the, oh, or the pie yeah. crust or, or whatever else goes with it. Um, but 75 main recipes. Okay. So breakfast, okay. lunch, dinner, sides, uh, no, 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 dinner, lunch, snacks and appetizers, pizza and pasta, <laughs> then mains for dinner, sides, baking and sweets, and cocktails, and and, and drinks, non-alcoholic stuff too. There's right. lots of those too. Okay. okay. Is it pretty balanced, like the number of each of those things you have? Yes. So that's, that's how you write, that's what the editorial demands are for for any cookbook yeah. um is you want to balance them and you kind of want to balance the number of chicken where you want a couple more chicken dishes than you want pork or beef because people eat more chicken these days okay mm -hmm. and then there's the veg and then there's the vegetarians so you have to have a few vegetarian re uh, recipes in there too what i found doing all of this in um reading all these books is that Authors really like baked goods. Because <laughs> <laughs> so they're so sumptuous sounding and, and they sound good. Well, it's a comfort um, food, yeah, too. There's a lot of baking, right? So there could be a second in-depth cookbook that was all just baking and desserts, mm -hmm. right? There's so many to choose from. Everything from Mrs. Feinstein's custard custard pie at the, in the very <laughs> That's a good one. Which I absolutely <laughs> love and did everything in my power to keep it in the book, but it just didn't stay there. Um yeah. No, it's too bad. But I think I might have to put it on my blog and have it as a special, like, because it's just yeah. so, you can't not have it. It's her, iconic. Her. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and iconic. The, the, excerpt is so, the excerpt is so cool. Like, are you actually admitting? Yes. I baked yeah. a pie and told my husband not to eat it knowing that he would. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's so great. great. <laughs> I, I think my, my question that I had earlier was, um, and this is probably not having to do with the, um, the cookbook but just food in general um when we read the books um over again it it always strikes me like uh how well first of all how much italian food but mm -hmm. not just that how little um like mexican food there is i mean yeah. being being californian uh, yeah. that hurts my heart to not have mexican <laughs> food in this in these books but yeah there's not very being much mexican me, food. that no. hurts my heart <laughs> It hurts my, it hurts my, my heart favorite. too. How do you live without tacos? Um, because I grew up, like we ate a lot of Mexican food when I was growing up in Vancouver, yeah. a lot. Yeah. And 
I moved out here to New Brunswick, which is, for those of you who don't know, is on the other side of uh, the other coast, just beside (laughs) me, right beside me. And there is not one decent Mexican food restaurant in this entire province. And it drives me crazy. All I can think about is crossing the border into Maine just to get down to Bangor so I can have some Mexican food. Um, (laughs) He has a a couple of... Like there's the, what is it? Salvation. Salvation where yeah. it's the, yeah. Right. So um, there's a beautiful rosemary bread in there that uh-huh. the woman actually braids and then spins mm-hmm. it. So we've got that. Hat. Um, and then they stop for taco. They stop for something for lunch there. But I've got tacos with Casto from an early book. Must oh, be an early book because okay. he's not around for very long. No. Um, and this is one that I turned into. <laughs> Mexican is also with me. Another one that I, happen to tend to turn into um <coughs> vegetarian a lot but so this time it's king oyster mushrooms which i don't know if everybody knows but oyster mushrooms are kind of most people know those these ones are just really big and mm-hmm. um you saute them and then you put them in the oven on on convection and they dry right out and they get all crispy and then you put them in a taco shell with like kimchi and or maybe some guacamole or whatever you really want and they're really really good they're sweet and spicy and korean so they're korean types that sounds really good that sounds so good (laughs) (laughs) and i and that was another one the testers um were quite surprised at just how good they were and and it's i stole a chick a korean chicken wing recipe and then um just put the sauce on mushrooms okay okay I want to and put it in a tortilla shell. And I have to say, <laughs> for a fusion tac- no, tacos aren't for everybody, but they're pretty good. There's a really nice um, Mexican boiled salsa in the in the book too. Um, oh, okay. It's really really nice. Oh, salsa. Everybody likes a salsa. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like so good. And it's easy, and it's non cooked. <laughs> yeah. 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 We just don't have. You know, even from the time that I started Outlander Kitchen in 2010 to now, the food landscape has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. What you find in the grocery store is is radically different than what it was 10, 20 years ago. There's a lot of processed, a lot of pre-made food in there now. So yeah. we try, I try and avoid that. But again, sometimes it's just easier to buy a bag of frozen something and stick it in the oven. And if we can make yeah. it fictional and fun and do that, then... You know, I, I've found over the years that people really like those recipes because they're just easy to make. But at the same time, thinking about their favorite book, even while they're making it all the time. So, Well, again, you know, I mean, the in-depth series being set in the future and in the future that looks like there's a lot of processed food. So it would yeah, make I mean, sense. Even the, even the coffee's not real, right? right. Which is which is something that is on our, right. our own horizon in the real world. <laughs> coffee is about to get... We've been saying it's expensive, but we really don't have any idea how expensive it's going to be within the next, I would say, five to ten years. Most people will will have to find some alternative. So this is heartbreaking to well, think there, about. Yeah, I mean, there's always what did they put in chicory? They used to put in. Is that what chock full of nuts was? Chicory, yeah, Do you remember chock chicory. Full of nuts? Chicory coffee. I mean, you get used to it, especially if you're living outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> but oof. yeah, that sounds horrible. Oh, but okay. No. And is that there's also that same um, problem with chocolate upcoming? Chocolate is a chocolate may yeah. 
cacao beans are a big problem. So, yeah. um, and, and, and the, the economy around chocolate and what we've allowed, what has been going on for the last hundred years is, is being put to a stop. So things are going to change and, and yeah. And, and the, uh, climate change is definitely a effect, a factor. Oh, of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they grow bananas in Victoria, Canada now. Right. So, um, somebody, so it, the world's changed. That right. doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean though that we won't figure out how to grow coffee somewhere or and chocolate somewhere else. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, We're all hoping um, so. Exactly. <laughs> Eve, especially. Um, <laughs> and, and so we didn't talk about chocolate. I mean, that's a big part of the book. Of the it book is. series. So it is. I imagine you it have is. at least one or two. I do. Recipes. I have, um, in fact, that was a tricky, that was the tricky one is, was trying to not have chocolate in everything in the baking and <laughs> sweets. Right. Devil Foods cake, chocolate brownies, chocolate this, chocolate that. Um, so we do have a non-dairy chocolate gelato that comes from Divine Ice Cream, um, which is Eve's ice cream store that she mm. owns that she didn't know about. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like most things uh, she owns. <laughs> yeah. um, and it is, I actually found it not on TikTok, but on a reel. Uh, um, uh-huh. while I was wa- just blindly watching stuff and it's you soak, <laughs> you soak um, cashews and then you mix it with cocoa and a bit of other chocolate and a few other things and it's uh, you wouldn't believe it it's actually so rich and sinful that it's you can keep it in the freezer and sort of have one tablespoon two tablespoons and then just put it back and your chocolate craving is gone um, <laughs> I, I couldn't eat actually more than about three spoonfuls of it it was so rich but that's that's an exciting one. There's um, Nadine's fudge brownies. Of course, she's always bringing. Oh no, right. no, change that. It's someone else's fudge brownies, but it's okay. Nadine's donuts. So Nadine's um, jelly donuts in particular. Okay, I went with Which jelly. Also goes with I tried the theme. crawlers. I tried crawlers. Mm-hmm. Had trouble with them. Um, and jelly donuts have always been my favorite. So that that's what I went with. And I found a really great excerpt actually. So oh good. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's most of the fun is it is in actually finding the excerpts um, because especially when the food is re- like spaghetti and meatballs, right? It's in right. every book at least yeah. once. Right? So you yeah. have fifty-seven examples, <laughs> and you have to pick. You have to pick the best excerpt yeah. out of Which all. Of yeah. Right. Oh, and I can't even remember now. Like it was just, but I went with one, and then uh, and then we changed it. But we're how do you from- decide on what is a what is an Outlander spaghetti and meatballs and what is a Stephen King spaghetti and meatballs and what is an in-depth spaghetti and meatballs? Sometimes it comes from the description. So if there's a really specific um, description, there's not in, it's always just spaghetti and meatballs with Eve, right? So Mm -hmm. um, those ones, again, I made them simpler with fewer ingredients, whereas the Outlander one was at the beginning of my re- of my recipe writing career when I thought everybody loved to spend three hours in the kitchen and, and do all the work that I would <laughs> what I some do people all the work do, that and I, that's fine. And that's... have you know have have whole fennel and not ground anyway. Um, so that <laughs> is it's a bit more intense. Although I tried to get the same I try to get the same flavor payback mm-hmm. out of the rest. Um, yeah. yeah. So, 
and and Castle Rock kitchens, spaghetti and meatballs. Um, we 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 only did things that came out of Maine. So we only focused on his books that take place in Maine. Hmm. Having oh. trouble remind, rem- remembering the spaghetti and meatballs from that, but it would be a very simple sort of '60s '70s style recipe. You know, like the other ones in that cookbook are the same, the macaroni and cheese. There's mm-hmm. a couple of other things that are really ho- down home cooking. Um, so the spaghetti and meatballs from in death are easy. They're made with, um, Italian sausage meat and ground beef. So you don't have to use a bunch of seasoning seasonings. It's just, you're mixing two meats together, you're making meatballs and the meatballs are done. And then you can move on to the sauce. And the sauce is not a three hour on the stove sauce either. It's a rather quick sauce. Okay. I, I really appreciate that with this cookbook anyway, that you're focusing on meals that are really easy and, and fast to make. Thanks the auto chef. You cannot. Yeah. That's true. You That's true. Have, um, an excerpt above a recipe. I although I do, I do have a, a couple of excerpts of auto chefs, and then it proceeds to be a two-hour, you know, recipe. But um most of them, it it's just not it, it, I want people to use the book. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people just people that don't cook buy these cookbooks just to read them because they're really nice to leaf through. They've got nice pictures. They've got all the fa- excerpts from your favorite books. Um, but I would prefer people use them. So I think the easier the recipe, the more accessible the recipe, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah, the better. I mean, no. sometimes my testers have had some trouble you getting some of the food, some of the ingredients on these lists, and they wouldn't have had that trouble five or six years ago. There's just our grocery stores keep getting bigger but if you can believe it, there's actually less selection in there in in some certain in some aisles of the grocery store. That's yeah. so sad to think about. Like but buttermilk, for sorry. example. Yeah. Buttermilk. I have had that's probably the most biggest complaint from Outlander Kitchen is what is this buttermilk and where do you get it? And I my jaw drops open when yeah. I hear that. But people who live in food deserts right. in yeah. urban <laughs> urban centers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of the big stores don't even carry buttermilk in those places anymore because people don't buy it. There's a way around it. You put lemon juice and milk and off you go. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's still interesting that it, you know, the the candy aisle gets bigger, but the real food food sections get smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And I and I would imagine like something like buttermilk. I mean, we've already we've already heard in this series that like um, cow meat is rare. But if cow yeah. meat is rare, I would imagine that something like buttermilk would also be rare. Yeah, in buttermilk. Would, yeah, and even milk. Like those two don't take milk in their coffee, right? But no, yeah, they Peabody, think they're both Peabody, Peabody does. Peabody, Peabody does. does. Peabody. I mean, it wouldn't be milk, right? It, it would, would be soy milk, probably. Right. Probably. Soy milk. It won't, it won't be almond milk because the almonds all be gone too. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> almonds are gone too. Almonds take an enormous amount of energy and bees and um, vegans would be shocked at the number of bees that die to make almond milk. In yes. fact, I would actually wow. even say that they should probably reconsider drinking almond milk if they're doing it because of the animals. So that is bees, bees are bees are rented by the <laughs> bees are rented by the billions to um to go and sorry 
what's the word? No. Propagate? <laughs> no, when they go into the flower and then they draw. Oh, yeah. pollinate, yeah. Pollinate. Thank you. Sorry, you can tell I'm menopausal. Um, pollinate. <laughs> uh, well, and then most of those bees, most of those bees die, right? It's a fact of life. So that's what happens when you have all of a sudden a huge part of the population drinking almond milk, which we never drank before. Right. right. Yeah. I like almond milk. Man, I oat feel milk, guilty oat now. Milk is awesome. And you can make it yourself. That's my, that's what I would say. Very I good. like almond milk. Oh, oh yeah. I, I could switch to oat milk. You know, you just get used to a thing. You right. totally. Yeah. yeah. I just put so, a cup of, oat, cup of oats into soak in the, in the, at night before I go to bed and then whiz it in the blender and then strain it. And you got oat milk that morning. Regular oats? Regular oats. Because, oh, wow. you know, there's like quick oats and whatnot. But yeah, quick oats. You don't have to blend it then, but you're not getting as much. You're not getting as a nutrient dense milk as you would if you had whole oats. Right. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Do you guys have any other questions food related for the series? I think we hit them all. I think we did. I'm really, I just overall, I'm just excited about like, this should come as no shock to anyone picking up a cookbook and being like, I'm going to read this and enjoy it. And it's just going to be yeah. fun to think about, you yeah. know, and like, I would actually use that, you know, like, I just, I think that's really, yeah, it's I'm also very just very acceptable. Like this style of a cookbook is so creative and so like, I don't know. It reaches a different population, which I'm sure was part of the part of the inspiration for you. But you know, yeah. someone like me yeah. would never pick up a cookbook, other than you know to appease my family. Um, so, <laughs> and even then, <laughs> so I'm excited about it, really and truly. That's awesome. That's great. I, I promise you never have to cook anything from it if you don't want to. <laughs> no, well, no, no one will be the wiser. You'd all hear about it when I did. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Guys, I would be like, please, please acknowledge this thing that I did when people are like, that is the easiest thing on the planet. And I'm like, I don't care. This is not yeah. who I am as a person. But I'm I'm so excited about it. Yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. Our, our, I think all of our listeners are excited about it i mean I as soon so. as you as soon as the the announcement came out i mean it was like i think it took five minutes from the time at the announcement post <laughs> the first post of the announcement to the to the time that it made it to our facebook page from one of our listeners oh wow oh it was wow like immediately yeah they were and there on were it. several who were like oh i was about to post this like they commented on it right. being like i was yeah. about to post this i just saw this that's so, yeah. why i that's the other reason i really love doing this is because it's so much easier to reach a huge bunch of people who are already involved in a fandom mm -hmm. yeah. so yeah. it's just way easier to sell cookbooks period because i don't have you know i'm not gordon ramsay and i don't have a platform or anything like that right. um but it's really really great everybody <laughs> has their favorite character or mo some people never even notice the food they're like there's no food in there what are you talking about and i'm like <laughs> right. next time next time you read now pay attention and they're like, oh, yeah, there is a bunch of food in there. So, yeah, yeah, it's always it's people get so excited about fandoms and it's kind of um, it's really it it's it's just contagious. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But the, in this this series has such loyal fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really, so, really Nora, in, Nora, Nora in general has amazing fans. Um, 
But I know how many people really love in death. And it's important to me that it be a good cookbook that people want to reach for all the time. Okay. I love Um, it. So one thing that we typically do when we have a a guest is we have a, we have a list of like questions. Okay. They would like to ask. um, And they're just, you know, silly questions. And I try to make them, I I, I try to make them, you know, in death themed as much as possible. So, but, um, and they're really easy. So the first one is what is your favorite in death book? My favorite in death book is Survivor in Death, I think. Mm. Good one. That is Mm -hmm. a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And what about your um, favorite character? I mean, besides even Rourke? I like Peabody. I particularly like Peabody when I'm listening because I love the voice that she's given her. Um, And I also really like Morris. I really like Morris. He's sort of, yeah, he's kind of like the guy you'd want to have as a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cool and low key. Like I, I'm right. pretty high energy. So lower energy, calm people are good for me to hang around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so not counting any in death books. What was the last book you read? Uh, the last book I read was Holly by Stephen King. Oh, his okay. newest. His newest. <laughs> How was oh. that? It's good if you like the character Holly, who it's based on. So she's been in three or four mm. other books. Um, a lot of his male readers don't like her. <laughs> um, well. Oh well, I really like her. <laughs> no surprise to any of us. And she's not annoying. And that's what her, the number one uh, crit- criticism of her is that she's annoying. And no, she's not annoying at all. There we go. <laughs> all right. All right. Great. Um, so you could say that in the in-death world, Rourke has a monopoly on several things. When you play Monopoly, what piece do you choose? The thimble. Oh, you're a Ooh, thimble person. You're a thimble I used to be. I used to be a sewer. I used to be a sewer. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, my yes. goodness. I love it. Yeah. I feel like the thimble is one of those that they're getting rid of. Probably. <sighs> Most people wouldn't even know what it is anymore. Right. Like, yeah. a, a, Gen, a Gen Z might not know what it is. Yeah. Um, so I've never been the race car, race car type. So no, what about the dog? Do you ever do the Scotty dog? The dog. No, and I am the dog person. So that's weird. Yes. That's my piece. I love the Scotty dog. I'm a a top hat person. Jen's a top hat person. I'm I'm also the Scotty dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we know from a mortal that Rourke sings in the shower. Do you sing in the shower? No. I don't. I talk to myself in the shower. Though. <laughs> I have full yeah. on um, and 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 quite in depth conversations in my head as well. Mostly <laughs> about the, most. It's my it's my downtime, right? It's that spot where even sometimes you just let yourself go, and then all of a sudden a solution to that problem pops into your head, and that yeah. happens for me a lot in the shower. That is true. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Several mm-hmm. of my conversations are out loud. I don't care. <laughs> yep. No, like I get caught. I get I get even caught down at the park, you know, turning the path and then coming across somebody and I've been having a complete conversation with either myself <laughs> or with the dog. Right. 
<laughs> it's oh, fine. Well. Oh man, well, it's fine. That I don't now. I don't get embarrassed anymore. I just smile and say, oh, like, "Hello." <laughs> Where can things turn? <laughs> Well, don't yeah. worry about it. And <laughs> <laughs> your beeswax. Right. Uh, so what gadget from the in-death world would you most want to have today? I like those um, lock picky things, but I don't really have a reason to have a lock. I, like I'm, I'm not. <laughs> you're not picking lock. You're, you're, you're not. Really paintings or anything like so this is an important thing to know about me is that I didn't have a phone, a cell phone until uh 2021 wow. so i'm not a big guy i am though because i have my kindle all the time and i have my right. ipad all the time but i really don't like phones so i really um don't want anything that can contact me directly i think that's my <laughs> that's my answer is any gadget that can't contact me directly and demand um that i speak <clears throat> that's basically I really, don't, I really don't like okay. the phone and i never have I respect that Interesting. so much. Okay, yeah. Um, so this has nothing to do with in-death, and th this can span anything you p you you want, but um, what is your most controversial opinion? Oh, God. Um, I'm not going to tell you that. Um, <laughs> okay. I would probably get this I can feel the crowd of cancellation coming. Um <laughs> What is my <laughs> most controversial opinion? Okay, I'll give you a cookie. I'll give you a kitchen one. Okay. Oh, there you go. Bakers will understand this. Uh, instant yeast is better than active dry yeast, um, which okay. is traditional yeast. So now most people would think that to be a bit controversial. Um, it's certainly not as controversial as the first answer that popped into my head that I'm not going to. Okay. Um, and the other, I've got two, I've got a couple, I've got a couple about baking. Okay. The other one is, um, it drives ed cookbook editors crazy that I will not, I won't mention it, whether the butter is salted or unsalted. Does so, it make a difference? No, it doesn't make a difference. Okay. That's why it makes a difference <laughs> when you're cooking for a hundred people. It makes a difference because then okay. you're using butter in a, in a in an amount where the salt in the butter might actually affect the taste. If okay. you're making a big wedding cake, for example, right? You probably you'd want to use unsalted butter. But the rest of the time, if you're making something for four to six people, which is what most cookbooks are, it doesn't matter. Use what you have in your fridge. No. So please don't huh. please don't use margarine unless that's all you have. But it, I right. prefer butter. I think butter is a is a natural <laughs> product and right. margarine. So do you have to take into consideration? No, we're talking about food. Do you have to <laughs> do you have to take into consideration the uh, salt that would normally go in when you're using salted butter as opposed to unsalted butter, or does it not make a difference at all? Some period? people claim it does, and I've been cooking for a long time. It doesn't make any difference. It okay. makes a difference sometimes if you're making a large batch, like if you're making you know thirty dozen chocolate chip cookies, use unsalted butter. Mm -hmm. because then you can control the salt and you, and you can taste the batter and know what to add. But right. if you're making, if you're making the recipe off the back of the chippets package and you're making 24 cookies, it doesn't matter. It, you, you won't be able to taste the difference. Okay. And anyone wow. that, anyone that claims they can taste the difference. <laughs> I, they and I would have words. <laughs> They're wrong. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and, like, so, and, it, and it drives cookbook editors crazy to no end. It'd be like, you know, it, the last day before the manuscript can be in and they're like, you really sure you don't want to mention whether or not that's salted butter? And I'm like, yeah, I'm really, really sure you asked and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, a lot of people will say, like, don't use it. Well, uh, in, you know, Bon Appetit or Sever or any one of those, they always use unsalted butter. And mm -hmm. that's fine. That's fine. I just don't want to have both butters in my fridge because there's only two of us. And I and salted butter is what we use on our toast. Right. So. Right. right. I'm not buying another thing of butter. <laughs> that would be so silly. Like <laughs> yeah. Food is expensive. Yeah. It is. Butter is expensive. Yeah. Butter is yeah. expensive. The good butter, especially. Yeah. Yes. The Kerry Gold butter in particular, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, that Irish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next question is Rourke has an unusual collection of weapons of war. What unusual collection do you have? What unusual collection do I have? Uh, I have an unusual collection of uh, historical cookbooks that go back um, to sort of the early, early 18th century. Uh -huh. So 1725. Most of them, um, are, most of the ones on my shelf are written by women, um, which became less and less common as we got closer to sort of the 19th century. The men took, that's when the men took over um, writing cookbooks in the US and in Britain, England. So, um, and I, a number of sort Amen. of Scottish themed ones, but, um, also, and I also have a number of not necessarily historical cookbooks, but cookbooks that have been published that are specifically for two people, um, because recipes oh. for two people, it, cookbooks are really, it's, th that's what in death is going to be. It's going to be mm -hmm. most, mostly because it's mostly even more. Right. right. So it's mostly they mostly serve two to three people. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's smart. All right. We'll so, see. Um, we'll see. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. So both as a culinary question and a question for this particular podcast, this is a very important question that's coming up next. <laughs> um, occasionally, Eve will allow Peabody to stop for food, and more often than not, that is some sort of hot dog. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, good question. No. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why, though. I can't tell you why, but my I've never pondered that question. Because it's a hot dog. Yeah, if, it was, if you sliced it into, you know, if you sliced it into thin slices of hot dog, like bologna, then it would be a Sandwich, but uh, yeah, I agree. It's a it's a wiener on a bun. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's not a sandwich. <laughs> it's a wiener okay. on a bun. <laughs> wiener exactly. on a bun. I mean, okay. that's not wrong. No, it is a wiener not. on a bun. <laughs> I don't know. I feel Good like answer. we may have Good to come answer. back and revisit this one in a few okay. weeks. Now that once I've been in the that's shower and had a chance to think about it, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, we feel like we want to have you back once the book is released. So I would by love that to come time, back so that we can talk about yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So by that time you a, have make a decision about we'll, we'll the hot dogs. That time, if you have made a diff <laughs> different decision. Um. <clears throat> okay. 
So um, thinking about the last several years, especially um, the years during the pandemic, you know, 2020, um, what no. lessons did you take away from that time? Um, I was really lucky during that time, actually. I lived on a small island in BC um, with fifteen about 1,500 people on it. And uh, we were actually quarantined on the island, so we weren't allowed to leave except for um, – specific medical reasons or whatever. Um, so, and I was writing Castle Rock Kitchen at that time. So I read uh -huh. and then cooked all the way through the pandemic. Most people had nothing to do. I was working. I had something to concentrate on and work on. Right. And, um, and it, uh, it solidified that I like um, my own company and that I like to work alone and quietly. Um, I think I've been struggling and a lot of us have, have, been struggling sort of since then to sort of get back into the world and pick up our lives with the same verve that we had beforehand. Yeah. Um, and I'm just starting to learn, thanks to an online therapist that I had for a couple months, about making sure that I build, they call it a healthy mind platter, but make sure that your your life is full, as full as it was before COVID. So you're going mm -hmm. out, you're doing things that it make, make you it make you have fun that you enjoy. Um, and I, I think we lost some of that. I certainly did when I was stuck on that island for eight months. I say I was working, but there were some real times of despair when when um, we just didn't know when it was going to end, right? Mm -hmm. and where, when are we going to get toilet yeah. paper? Um, <laughs> the toilet yeah. always, I don't wow. think there'll be anybody in the world, well, anybody in the Western world that doesn't have at least a 12-pack of toilet paper somewhere in their house for the rest of their life. But, right. Yeah. We thought it was yeah. funny um, right after the pandemic, I think we read, which book was it that there was a gigantic snowstorm and Eve made this comment to Peabody that pretty soon people will be uh, killing each other over a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. And we were like, Seriously. we feel that real hard, real, real hard right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> She didn't know. I mean, there's so many things that she that, that she is putting these books were so prophetic without right. yes. really meaning to be crazy. Yeah. It's it's really fun. Um, so a couple more questions. If Mira's playlist contains some songs by Mavis Freestone, some people might be surprised. What band or artist would people be most surprised to find on your playlist? Well, it's not very surprising, but when I, because I started with Outlander Kitchen, I can't write to lyrics. Like I can't, I, I like music, but mm -hmm. I can't have someone singing. Um, so it's mm -hmm. all instrumental and all I, all I can listen to is fiddle music when I write. So I, <laughs> okay. I have all this, I, I have all these Irish and Scottish jigs and reels on my Spotify playlist. <laughs> That's fun. My husband, my husband will come in and it's just start you know, dancing a jig. Um, <laughs> but then I also have a deep abiding love for Led Zeppelin. So yes. Okay. I yeah. have, when I'm in the car and I'm on my own on the road, it's generally Led Zeppelin. And I, and that surprises a lot of people because I am a bit young for that. But I, again, I grew up with a little a bit, but. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. My first ever album was Brian Adams. That's the first a long you ever bought. I, yeah, and that was when I was oh. 13. And that's quite a long time after Led Zepp. So it's mostly my older brother's influence. That's the fair. first album I ever bought was ELO's Out of the Blue. Oh, that's a good one. That does not shock me at all, AJ. And I love yeah. that. No. It does not shock me at all. Hmm. No. 
Interesting. Mm. Well, you would think it was the Bee Gees, but it's not. It was yellow. Yeah. <laughs> we think. So I mean, um, obviously, oh yeah, I would expect the Bee Gees, but that is not a surprising <laughs> answer, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so besides podcasts and death, what are your favorite podcasts? Do you have any? Do you uh, listen to podcasts? I'm going to be honest. I, I listened to Talking Scared, which is a Stephen King podcast, okay. and I'd never listened to that before I wrote um, Castle Rock Kitchen. It's really, really good. Um, and I, I, I don't anymore. I uh-huh. used to. I used to be a big news person and a big... Um, and I and I find myself that's the one thing I have retreated from. I don't want to know a lot of current <laughs> events. I no, also continually, you, really, let's be I also continually ask people for podcast recommendations, write them down, and then mm-hmm. never look at them. So hopefully one day, I, <laughs> one day when I'm not doing that, because generally I go from one project and then I'm reading again, right? And I'm reading for the next right. project. Yeah. And it's quite an intense, like 60, mm-hmm. 57 books in four months is yeah, intense, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, there's a lot of time where there's just too much stuff in my head and I, and I actually don't do anything. I play a really stupid Harry Potter game on my iPad, to be honest. Nothing wrong it's that. just, it's just my, it's just allows me to shut down completely. Well, um, if you're interested, uh, Tara has a second podcast and it is called basic snitches and it is about Harry Potter. There's a Harry Potter podcast. Ooh. <laughs> So, I'm going to write another one down. We'll see if I listen. <laughs> you know what? We're on the list. That's okay, uh, that's cool. worth it. Awesome. <laughs> so, okay, that was my last. Um, that was my last question. Um, what? So, the the book is going to come out in 2025. Yes. From now and until then, you're just going to that be. Per- a, that's a paper problem, right? That's a COVID. Okay. Related wow. um, paper inventory problem. Oh, so okay. the paper is pre-purchased for books now, um, and huh. and my book is not necessarily the highest priority book that Macmillan Press is putting out in the next year. So right. we're going to wait until, and I think it'll probably be an October book, just because it lends itself to Christmas gifts. So it'll oh, probably yeah. be released Smart. later in the year. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, most of our listeners will be on that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yep. So they're already like, when is it coming out? We want to buy it now. I know. I know. I think what I'm going to do, I'm talking to um, Nora's publicist next week. But I think what we'll do is we'll maybe, um, I've got lots of recipes that I've written that aren't going to make it into the book too. Mm-hmm. So we can all, I can always post a few on my blog as we go along just to, keep incitement or excitement and engagement going and people can start to cook yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah like some of those chocolate recipes there's lots of chocolate right yeah (laughs) so much chocolate (laughs) that's all right so yeah no one's bad um so after this uh what what's kind of coming do you have anything like working or don't and i have purposely um not going to do anything. My husband, I married um, an Englishman 28 years ago. So we're going to go back and live on a narrow boat um, for oh. about three years. And that's, uh, let's sit on average, 60 feet long, six and a half feet wide. And you can go up and down canals and rivers. So all the inland waterways of Britain, 
They used to use them again in the 18th century to transport coal and China and things mm-hmm. like that before the, before steam trains came along. And now it's just um, people do it for recreation and people live on the boats. So we're hoping to live on that boat for two or three years. I may do a narrow boat. I may do a narrow boat kitchen thing. I may not. I'm pretty burned out, and I would really like to not do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not, not think about doing that, anything. That is fair. Because when you don't, when you don't think about, when you stop thinking about things, other ideas come in, and an idea will occur to me. I just want to take a break. That's all. <laughs> I I don't blame you one bit. Do not blame me <laughs> right at all. Yeah. Okay, so like we said, um, when the book comes out, which is going to be right around October-ish of 2025, okay, um, we will be in touch with you and love to have you on again. I will make sure that you get um, at least a copy, but we'll see what we can do about getting you all a copy. Oh, that would be awesome. We can can certainly get you all a digital copy that you can have a look at. So Cool. Cool. I would love that. Love that. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, and we That's really so appreciate fun. it. It was tons of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm we going are really to, looking forward I to it. I'll be honest, I haven't listened to any, but I think I would enjoy... Maybe that's better. Oh, I did listen to one. I did listen oh, to did one. You? you had someone else come on and talk about food, didn't you? Yes. I'm sure you did. I'm yeah. yeah. Yes. I did. The, yeah, I listened to that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I found, because I started doing... The first thing I do is have a look around, see if anybody else is doing it first, right? Because... Right. I don't want to step on any toes or anything. So, and that was one I, and I think I found a Reddit um, exchange where people were talking about their favorite dishes and that was about it. Okay. Yeah. From India. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But everybody's really excited. So oh, we all so can't I'm wait. totally excited too. And I've really enjoyed this. So thank you yeah. so much. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. We really, really appreciate it. Very much. No, no worries. Um, and so it's coming out after Thanksgiving, you think? Can you send me a link to it when the it's 25th. up? 25th. Okay. Yeah. If you and could I send will me send a, link a link or whatever to up, let me know it's up, then I'll have a listen. Absolutely. And I will share. Yeah. It's oh, you, awesome. right after uh, Thanksgiving here in America. Yes. Day, two days after Thanksgiving. So I think it's perfect to put perfect. a food uh, yeah, totally. episode up. Yep. Yeah. So. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. So Everybody much. have a good Saturday night. Okay. Have a you good too. one. Thank okay, you. Bye bye. All right. Bye. Bye. So I know I see you. You're a good girl. Oh, she heard the words goodbye. She saw, heard the words goodbye. <laughs> no, no. I go lay down. You. You're fine. Go lay down. <laughs> oh, so, anyway, anyway. Uh, that was uh, fascinating. That was wonderful. Yeah. I, that was, yeah I, that was hearing cool. the process was. Yeah. I I didn't really know what to expect, obviously, but like that was a very fascinating process. Yeah. I did not realize at all how yeah. I mean, that worked. And how do you kind of decide you go through the books and decide what dishes to put right. in and how to do it? And the books are so much pizza and Yeah, right. Pizza and, <laughs> pizza and pasta. <laughs> and pasta. Yeah. Yep. But there are a lot of she's right, there are a lot of um f- food related things yep. they're always eating yep they are always eating but yeah and i think that i will be cooking from this book oh for and sure we'll look forward to seeing i if definitely want to Tara like i definitely want to try something i will i don't know that i'll cook from it but i'll probably make a cocktail from it 
or absolutely. a <laughs> That's absolutely going to happen. Yeah. Um, and like, I want to, I want to buy a copy, but I also want her to sign it. So I have to figure out how that works. <laughs> That's what we want to <laughs> yeah. do. We need, we need yeah, sign that would be awesome. We need to figure that out, how to do that. And maybe we can, we can uh, buy one and like give it away. Maybe do a giveaway. Oh, oh we could do that too. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll have to talk to her about that when that comes up. So, um, so, so cool. yeah, you know, like I said, this is uh, coming out the um, a couple of days after Thanksgiving. So everyone, every uh, one of our listeners in the United States, hope you had good Thanksgiving. Yeah. And um, hope you're over your coma by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just bought like a 20 pound turkey yesterday yeah. at Costco. And that oh, may not even man. be enough. I might have to do a get a second one but we'll see um but and i don't really i don't think we have any podcast business okay um so i think we're just gonna skip that but um we're gonna have Teresa on again like we said in once the cookbook comes out so definitely if you have any feedback or if you have any questions or whatever uh make sure you let us know you have plenty (laughs) of time um go to any of our social medias just search for podcast and death on you know facebook and instagram and all of those and uh or you can call us on our number 205-476-2753 and that spells out 2054 rourke send us an email at show it podcast and death get a hold of us in any way you can because we love to hear from you yes we do and I think that's it for this episode of Podcast and Death. That was grand. So thanks for listening. And uh, for Podcast and Death, this is AJ. This is Jen. This is Tara. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. That was a good one. That was so fun. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in-death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at PodcastInDeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastanddeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast and Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARK. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slouch at you.